Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are in the world. It is lovely to be back. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to another episode of the plotting shed. I must admit I'm really pleased this week. I have been putting off this horrendous job on my website for ages and I finally completed it this week. I think I have been suffering from click and paste fatigue with the website over the last two weeks. It's been a bit of a gargantuan task but very briefly I had all of my designs little border designs that you can download which when I'd originally done them and set them up for people to download they don't really come across very well on mobile phone screens because I wasn't anticipating people would read them on mobile phones so I needed to redesign every single downloadable border planting idea and the leaflets and all the images and everything else and I've got quite a few of them that I've redone and changing all the images and making it all look cohesive and coherent. So I've still got lots of other images to change on the website itself, but I've completely redesigned the shop and relayed out the online shop. It's taken me, oh, ages, but I'm really delighted with the results. So I'd really appreciate it if you let me know, because one of the things that it's really difficult to find out is how people use your website and how they use your shop. So if you go on there and you're finding it difficult to understand what it is or maybe that you think, oh, well, I can't find how to download that, do drop me an email because it's always really useful and it just helps me make anyone else using the website, their journey and interaction with it much, much easier. So any feedback you can send me drop me an email, rachel at plantplots.com, or you can use the contact form on the website from there. I'd love to just hear whether you like the changes. It's always good to, to know that what you're doing looks right. All of the designs have been redone, so uh, I'm very, very pleased that that big task is over. Back on to what we're talking about today. I decided to go back to basics with this new series of The Plotting Shed and really home in on the design problems that normal gardens and normal gardeners and normal people with normal sized gardens have. And I'm trying to give you helpful tips. Well, I hope they're helpful tips anyway. This week, it's about privacy. Now, I must hold my hand up here and say I have been very fortunate growing up and where I live now in that we always had, my parents always valued a big garden. And so where I was brought up as a child, we had a very overgrown big garden. And then my parents started a nursery in Wales. So obviously they bought a whole load of land in order to build the polytunnels and the greenhouses and the potting sheds and everything else. So I've always grown up with space. Obviously my first 
flats and gardens didn't have a lot, but where I live now, again, I'm very fortunate that I am not really overlooked in the garden and I can't tell you how nice a feeling that is. Just for my mental health, it just makes me feel good that I can just be away from the world. It's my ability to exclude the outside world just in that little space. I think it's something that a lot of gardens lack these days, especially because we live in modern housing states and houses are quite tightly packed these days. Gardens are all butting up on each other and it's very easy to be overlooked. So I thought I would have a discussion about what we can do to make a garden private. The paradox of that is if we build privacy around us, what we tend to take away is our ability to see out and we lose a lot of light coming in, which can make your gardens feel a bit gloomier and a bit darker. So one of the problems of privacy, you know, it's in you're going into the back garden and you're sitting in the patio and you look out and you've got upstairs windows from next door or maybe at the end of the garden looking into your garden. Now it's not necessarily a big problem but occasionally if you wanted to just take your top off or sit there and just have a sunbathe and just a quiet moment it's nice to feel that nobody else can see you. So can we actually achieve that then without surrounding ourselves with barriers to stop people seeing in. And this is the paradox and this is the problem because in order to make your garden completely private, you have to exclude the view in from upstairs windows from outside. And in order to do that, we have barriers and fences and hedges and trees and walls and everything to block people's view in. You see it especially in front gardens if you walk down the street you know there's the the houses and then they've got a piece of flat lawn in front of them and then they've either got a low wall and then a great big green hedge now it means that people as you walk past you can't look in the, the people's windows and we all have to hold our hand up that we all do it so i can understand why people do that if you flip that round the other way from inside the house what do you see you just see a big green wall, don't you? doesn't matter, it's not a brick wall or a fence. It's still a green wall that stops you viewing the outside world. It's a barrier. We don't have to have complete privacy in order to make the garden be private. And what I mean is this. If I want to be private, we tend to assume that we have to block out 100%. That's fine. But what you then do is enclose your garden or your space 100%. You define your boundaries in a very precise, rigid, structured sense. This is here, that's out there. And because they're barriers, barriers by their very nature don't really do much apart from be big, solid objects, which means nothing can get through and one of the main things that can't get through is light if you're then trying to create a garden on the darker side of that barrier 
it makes it much harder to grow things that will look nice and fill up the space and make it interesting for you because the barrier is sucking the light and the nutrients from the soil which means the plants the other side are all a bit weedy and a bit bit manky or the lawn's a bit manky and so all you're doing is you actually reinforce this green barrier wall that's the only thing that captures your attention because it's so big. So what do we do about it to improve things? Well, privacy is relative. It's not totally exclusive. It's something you shouldn't think. It's either all or nothing. And so what you need to consider or reconsider, I have areas of my garden that are overlooked. I, I can choose to exclude them all out but then I imprison myself. The better way to think about it is this, or maybe there are one or two places in my garden that I sit in the morning or I sit in the evening or at the weekends. How can I make those areas of the garden feel more private? And that's the key thing, feel more private, not be more private. Because if in those two spaces you can feel more private, then you don't need to exclude everything from the rest of the garden, which means you might have the opportunity to see out a little more. There seems to be an attitude with hedges that hedges have to look like a green brick wall in that they have to be ordered, straight, level at the top, totally solid, completely even, and nice and neat. Now, there is a sense of pride, I understand, in having that as a hedge. But if in your garden, the only part that you need to feel private would mean that the hedge would need to be six foot tall for that first two or three meters, why does the hedge need to be six foot tall for the next six or seven meters? Can we not dip it down? If you created an undulation in that hedge, would you be able to see something nicer? Could be, for example, that the neighbor might have a beautiful magnolia in their garden. And if you could drop the line of the hedge just a couple of feet, you would see that in all its glory much more than you do and so you can borrow good bits of other neighbours' gardens or the view outside because you're not enclosing yourself. Another thing you could do with a hedge is actually, especially on a front garden, create a hedge hole. Now, I know you probably think I'm being a bit mad, but if you have a, a green hedge wall and the sun sets the other side, then no light gets through on your side. But there are ways that you can prune and trim a hedge, especially sort of some of the sort of the, the smaller leaf varieties, that you could create small pockets of holes. Now you still get privacy, but what you will get are shafts of light coming through the hedge that just add a little bit of extra interest. But if you've got a hedge hole, you can have one or two in this big green wall and all of a sudden you also have little portholes out to see the, the world outside. Now I'm not saying it's the right answer, I'm just saying it's a different approach 
to having something that is just totally solid and 100% exclusive. Creating less solid boundaries is a useful way of still retaining some privacy, but giving yourself some option as well to look out. I mean, I've got on my website, I've got some downloadable designs called Better Than a Hedge. Now, it was challenging people to think differently about the boundary, especially in the front garden that they have. And, and I use grasses a lot in these little border designs. Now, people go, yeah, but the grasses, you cut them down in the wintertime. And I think, well, yes, you do. The, the grasses will go up during the spring and the summer and will give you a movable privacy screen when it is more needed. But then they get cut down in the wintertime. But that improves the light levels into your house when that's needed. So again, it's just about trying to rethink the problem that you have and not take the ultimate solution, which is exclusion. The other thing about privacy that is a very important factor for most people is security. People have boundaries and barriers to prevent people accessing your property and getting in. And that's quite right. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, there are ways of creating that sense of security without building massive, great, big barriers, which don't forget then close you in as well. If you are going to have the most effective barrier, the most effective barrier for any person, unwanted person coming into your property, is a prickly hedge. Without a shadow of a doubt, no unwanted guest is going to try and climb over a hedge. It is almost impossible to climb over a hedge. They are by far the best security deterrent than a fence. It's a lot easier to climb over a fence. It's a lot easier to climb over railings. They're solid structures. A hedge is much, much, much more useful as a security barrier. So again, if you need to have something like that, you could consider, rather than a Leylandii hedge, which is just a big green thuggish wall clipped into a nice big rectangular Lego shape, instead you could create a barrier out of something beautiful like shrub roses that may be slightly prickly or thorny, but if you're not walking past them particularly, or you don't, you know, you don't have to brush past them to get into your garden, they are a very effective deterrent because people do not want to go through and get scratched. Secondary level to that, I suppose, is if somebody cuts into your front garden, that's not so much of an issue if there's nothing there for them to, to take. It's them getting through the windows that is the problem. And having been burgled once in my life, which was an awful experience, the policeman said to me, your best defence is a rose bush under that window. He said, because that's the window that they'll get in, but they will not do it because most burglars are opportunists. And so if they suddenly go there and it's a bit prickly or it's a bit spiky, they won't go there. 
He said the other thing, the other side, he said, have a cluttered, he said, have a cluttered window ledge. He said, because they don't like climbing through windows if they might knock something off and make a noise. It was a useful thought process. But again, you can have that privacy deterrent specifically placed just where you need it. You don't have to exclude everything. Now, going on to the back gardens, they're always a bit more tricky because we tend to be a bit more overlooked. And that's the one area where we tend to want to feel more private. So you have a decision to make. And the decision is this, if I want to have my garden 100% private and not be overlooked by anyone, I am going to have to create barriers tall enough for people not to be able to see in. But that also then means I can't see out and I will have problems growing things because the light levels in my garden will be so low. So there are alternative ways that you can create that sense of privacy. The way to view this is this. I need to create one, maybe two areas in my garden that at the time that I want to use them have a level of privacy that makes me feel I am not being watched. And the key thing is makes me feel I am not being watched. Because if you don't notice anyone at the upstairs windows, if you don't notice what's going on around you, because what's in around you immediately captures your attention, you will feel more private. It doesn't matter if that garden is, or part of the garden is overlooked when you're not using it. So it's when you're using it. Garden awnings, parasols, garden sails, if at the time that you're using the garden, you can use something like that, the neighbours can't see in, you feel private without creating a permanent barrier. So those are very simple things. Perspective. Sit at that place in your garden where you feel overlooked. Do you remember the film Apollo 13 and Tom Hanks was lying outside on that sun lander at night? staring up at the moon because he was going to go and flying to the moon and he held his thumb up in front of the moon and he could cover the front of the moon with with his thumb that's what i mean so in the garden where you're sitting you need tom hanks's thumb how big a privacy screen do i need to cover that space and that space and you might find that you don't need a huge amount with the perspective. In those instances, really useful, narrow, thin trees you can get from nursery suppliers that don't have a big wide canopy. We don't want to have something like that. They are more of a, a narrow vase shape. Uh, one particular one is a flowering cherry called Prunus amanagawa, which has been designed to grow as a tall, narrow, upright, thin vase but in terms of a beautiful tree to look at it could be placed in your garden to give you the Tom Hanks thumb perspective so that when it's grown and you sit in that spot that window is blocked by a very beautiful tree. There are also lollipop shaped trees again that you might find that perspective is all that you need. If I place that there when I'm sitting in the garden I can't be seen by that window and that's all the privacy that you need 
in especially in an urban setting but there's one more trick that you can use and it's all related to the word that I said earlier on which is feel if you feel more private so how can you feel more private well I don't know about you but if you're engaged and you're busy and you're focused on doing something you don't notice other things around so if you're sitting there with your friends and your family and you're chatting and you're having a laugh you don't notice what's around you as much because you're engaged in the moment in where you're at and the same applies with your garden so taking the fact that you might be sitting there by yourself having a cup of tea having a glass of wine having a coffee or just enjoying the outside air and you want to feel more private then the key to it is the area that you're sitting in has to do something to you it has to make you feel engaged with that little space so if you're just sitting outside on a patio with a table with a chair and you're looking at your fences and your your, your hedges and your trees nothing's happening if on that space that you are feeling more private there are plants that capture and engage your senses, you will begin to notice those things. And because you are interacting with those things, you will notice the outside world a little less. Hence why around your seating areas should be the plants that really hold all your senses. And I mean sight, taste, sound, touch, and smell. If you're sitting there on the beach at the table and there's a little pot of lavender and you can touch the lavender and you can release the scent. If there is a nice soft fluffy grass that's wobbling beside you and you just reach out and touch it and you're just watching it dance in the breeze. If there are plants that are really attractive for gathering butterflies and hoverflies and bees and other insects, you will watch those. And the whole thing is that it's your attention is then drawn and taken by what's going on in your immediate vicinity and you notice less the external world at large. So I know it's a little bit ethereal about privacy, but I just wanted you to rethink the barrier, the big green wall mentality. We don't have to have a 100% exclusion to give ourselves the feeling of 100% private. And by doing the 100% exclusion, you the cost to that is that the garden maybe that you can have doesn't deliver anything to you. So it's just a bit of a, I suppose, a challenge to your thought process. Anyway, do please drop me a line, tell me what you think. You know, I warble on at you once a week. And it's always lovely to know what you think, good or bad. I would love to hear from you. So do please drop me a line. And in the meantime, have a lovely week. And we will talk to you next week when I am going to be talking specifically about tiny spaces and balcony gardening. For all of those of you who are sitting there who don't have a lovely garden, you've just got a little tiny outside space and how can you make that feel like a garden? So in the meantime, have a wonderful week and I will speak to you soon. Bye for now.
Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website. We've loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.